Hey everyone, and welcome to the Mavs Film Room podcast coming to you very late on Sunday, October 24th, 2021, following the Mavs' first two games of the 2021-22 regular season. Last Thursday, they lost in pretty embarrassing fashion to the Atlanta Hawks on national TV. It was a really, really disappointing start to the season for the Mavs. But they bounced back on Saturday, defeating the Toronto Raptors by a score that I don't remember now. <laughs> it was 103 to 95. Okay, yeah. I knew it was uh, some close to double-digit margin of victory. But that game also started off pretty poorly. But credit the Mavs and their coaching staff and the players for making the right halftime adjustments. And they came out with a lot more energy in the second half and, and took it to the to the Raptors in a game they absolutely needed to have and should have won. So good for them. The Mavs sit at a even one and one after the first two games. And they look ahead to this week as they open their home slate against the Houston Rockets this Tuesday. Then they play the San Antonio Spurs again at home on Thursday before they go to Denver on Friday to play the Nuggets. And so we're going to talk about these last two games, what we learned from them, what the Mavs need to improve upon going into this week. But first, I got to introduce my co-host who's joining us for the first time in a while. It's Rohan. How's it going, man? It's going pretty all right. Uh, there's a cyclone hitting the coast right now. So NorCal's a little drenched. We'll see if that uh, comes down south. But uh, it's good to see Mavs basketball again. It's good to see Dwight Powell, for example, making skip passes to Dorian Finney-Smith in the corner. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. coming alive in the second half. That was all really fun to see. It was really fun to see, you know, um, especially after that first game, there was a lot of pretty wonky stuff that went on. And we saw that, like I said, in the first half of that Raptors game, too. I'm, I'm glad that I got out of uh, the Bay Area before this bomb cyclone hit um, the region. You know, I was there this weekend. It was raining a bit, but I got lucky. The weather was pretty good overall, so I can't complain. But, you know, I, I digress. We're talking about the Mavs here. And, you know, I think one of the biggest themes to come out of the first two games offensively is that the Mavs have struggled big time to start games. Their spacing has just been off. There's been a lot of weird movement. You know, there's a lot of like clogging the lane on drives, which shouldn't be happening. And, you know, in, in the second half of the Raptors game on Saturday, the Mavs cleaned up a lot of that stuff and kind of went back to their bread and butter of playing the spread pick and roll. But, you know, I, I think like looking forward to this next Rockets game, you know, the Mavs really can't afford to get off to a, a slow start like that. Like on, on Thursday, they started off, Pretty well, actually. They went up 10-2, to 2, but after that, they conceded like a 10-0 run, and eventually the, the Hawks basically never let up the rest of the way. And then on Saturday, they fell down 16-2 to 2 in the first quarter before having to kind of rally back and fight their way um, you know, for the tie in the second half and eventually take the lead. But as the former Mavs coach, Rick Carlisle, always used to say, it's a first-quarter league, and so we'd like to see the Mavs get off to better starts in the first quarter this year. I think this is also just too many weapons in your arsenal, too many chefs in the kitchen situation. You saw a little bit of this, not to this extent, 
with LeBron uh, on the Lakers, I think two years ago, his first year with AD, where it just took them a little while to kind of figure out how they would respond to certain uh, certain adjustments in the middle of a game. Um, I think the difference here is that there are just so many new facets to this team. KP's playing very differently, and he's getting touches that you know, last year we didn't necessarily think we're going to go in. And in that Toronto game, he made a couple of really, really good shots in the post, which surprised the hell out of me. Um, we're also seeing a lot more consistency from role players. Luca's killing it for mid-range. He brought the floater back really big in that Toronto game. Um, and we've seen him be deadly with it, so... You know, you touched on a, on a few good topics there. I mean, one on the note of KP, like it's very clear that he's moving really well and he's been a force on defense for them in the in the first two games. So that that was certainly really nice to see from him. His efficiency is still not there yet. I, I think in the last game he shot like seven for 20 or something like that. So it's still not as good as you want him to see. But at the same time, like you'll take it. Get, seeing him engaged on the defensive end and also making impact plays on offense, scoring in a variety of ways, like in the mid-range, as you said, as well as hitting three-pointers, um, as well as a couple of inside dunks and layups and things like that. So hopefully, you know, the offense will figure itself out, but I'm really impressed with him defensively so far. He had three blocks and a steal in that Raptors game. And on the note of Luca, like, you know, for – for the first, like, I would say six quarters of the season, so basically the first game as well as the first half of the Raptors game, it, it just didn't feel like Luka was on the team. I think the Mavs were trying a little bit too hard to get their other guys involved in ways that they shouldn't be getting them involved. Like, you know, we see Jason Kidd talking about trying to get other guys, um, you know, making plays and things like that and not just standing on the perimeter. The issue is that most of the other non-Luca players on this roster are just so limited that trying to do that often ends up creating more problems than it ends up solving. And, you know, we saw them kind of really adjusted this in the second half of the Raptors game. They went back to the bread and butter of their offense, which is letting Luca get the ball at the top of the key uh, operating in the high pick and roll and then making things happen that way. They, they kind of went away from the, the two big lineup of KP and Powell that's been playing a lot of minutes here in the first couple of games. And instead they went to a one center lineup. So it was either KP or either Powell at the five. And that ended up opening things up for the offense because like you mentioned, Tim Hardaway got going in the second half of that game. He made like four or five straight three pointers in the second half. So you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, that that second half of the Toronto game was something that they can build upon going forward into this week with, with three games, two of which I think are very winnable. Definitely. This team definitely goes as far as Luka takes it. Uh, I think the issue that we're seeing in the beginning of the season is there's a larger focus on getting everyone around Luka into the right position. And because there's so much to focus on and because – I think a big part of this is just there's a whole new coaching staff. There's a whole new structure to everything. Um, so you kind of have to define everything now. Um, so we're starting to see a lot of guys defining their roles, but Luca isn't shooting particularly well, especially from three. Mm -hmm. uh, that's the big thing in these first two games, especially looking back at the box score. I mean, the Raptors gave me was two for 10 um, and 
he really, really killed it inside of the arc because that that is nine for 14 inside of the arc. Um, and that really saved his efficiency that game. And it's, it got the Mavs to win. So, Yeah, the three-point shooting as a whole for the team has not been great. Certainly, you'd like that number to be somewhere in the top 10 or top 7 of the league. You know, offensively, the Mavs have struggled a lot in the first two games. They're like the third worst offensive rating in the in the NBA right now. Defensively, they've been a pleasant surprise. You know, I, I really have been impressed with the Mavs on defense. I think a lot of it, honestly, has to do with KP being more mobile. But you do see some buy-in from all the other guys on this roster that are just playing a bit more aggressively now in this new scheme um, and generating a lot of deflections and steals and things like that. I think the new scheme allows guys to be more engaged and active on defense as opposed to what they played last year under Rick Carlisle, which was more of the traditional drop coverage where they switch everything, you know, that can get pretty monotonous after a while. But this year they're playing a slightly more aggressive style and as a result, you do see it paying off in terms of the defensive results. Um, you know, the Mavs are 14th in the league in defensive efficiency this year, you know, in the first two games. And I did see a stat where the Mavs are the best team in terms of opponent shot quality, as in they're like, you know, giving their opponents the worst shot quality of any teams in, in the league. So that's nice to see. We'll see if that continues. But uh, I think that's the most encouraging trend from the first two games. Definitely. But on the flip side, I think the offense is still being worked out, which is why I can't critique too much in solid terms. But for example, KP for as well as he is playing relative to how we last saw him, uh, I will give him all the credit in the world for that. He's not shooting well from three. And that's a big thing. I mean, his shot looks cleaner when it does go in, but it's, not consistent enough yet hopefully we get to see more consistency out of him and just this amount of attempts as the season accrues as long as they're good attempts uh tim hardaway jr on the other hand i mean his shot distribution is exactly i mean he he knows his role in this team um and at times he's pretty much the second star out there and uh, he was uh on Saturday, unfortunately, on Thursday, uh, he wasn't able to get enough into the basket. But we will see against Houston. I think that's going to be a really, really fun game. Very winnable game. But we've seen how assumptions can make us look yeah. like idiots. So. Yeah. I, the thing I liked about the Toronto game was kind of like, all three of the, you know, the Mavs big three per se of Luca, Timmy and, and KP kind of all had pretty solid games, which you did not see very often last season. So that was very nice to see and encouraging. And hopefully we see more of that, you know, going forward this season. Um, but yeah, offensively, uh, we definitely want to see more cohesion like we saw in the second half of the Raptors game. Because, you know, while, while the Rockets are not expected to be a good team this year, they do have some really exciting young players on the team. And, and I think that game is going to be a lot closer than, than people are anticipating right now. Yeah, you know, it will be an interesting test of the style of play. Mm -hmm. Especially, that's, that's going to be the one game that I am highly anticipating. 
also it's the home opener it's kind of like the first real game every single year so yeah exactly and it's against the rockets which you know mavs rockets is always a classic rivalry and last year the rockets won the season series against the mavs two to one so there is a little bit of revenge on the line here and you know the good thing is most of the guys on this team were also on the team last year so hopefully they take it a little personally um you know i want to talk a little bit about the rotations because as i mentioned in the second half of the the game on saturday against the raptors the mavs kind of went away from the two big lineup of kp and powell that they had been running a lot in the first game and a half and instead decide to stagger their minutes and it paid off really well for uh you know for them in terms of their efficiency i don't know what their offensive rating was in the second half but it obviously was a lot higher than it was in the first half going into this rockets game i i tweeted this out and then i deleted it because i was like my bold prediction is that the Mavs are going to go away from the KP Powell front court instead just start KP at center and put in Reggie Bullock in the starting lineup. But then I realized that, oh, you know, the Rockets play two centers. They play Christian Wood and Daniel Tice. So the Mavs may have to play the two center lineup of, of Powell and KP in this game. But even if they do that, I do think that the Mavs are going to go away quicker from that than they have in the previous two games. Like, I just think at this point, the the data suggests that that's the way to go with them. And even if you're playing the two big rotation to start out with, as long as your adjustments make sense throughout the game, there are a lot of bigs that you can throw in. I mean, Willie should get minutes. If you're really desperate, Boban can get minutes. Um, <laughs> but at the end of the day, uh, Dwight works really well with the bench. So as long as Jalen Brunson's back is okay, I think there's a reasonable confidence that you can have that the Mavericks can come out of their home opener with their second win of the season. Yeah. And, you know, offensively, there's been a lot made about Jason Kidd and how he's kind of struggled as a coach in his career, which, I mean, all that criticism is fair. Like, you know, he has an under 500 record as a coach and the offensive results of his teams have not been great. But at the same time, like the Mavs have Igor Kokoshkov on their staff and, and he's supposedly in charge of organizing the offense. So I trust him uh, to make the right adjustments. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, they don't prove me wrong there. Um, but if anything, Igor Kokoshkov should notice what went well for them in the second half of that game and, and make the necessary adjustments because, you know, again, Rockets and Spurs are very winnable games. Um, they're obviously not bad teams by any stretch. So, you know, you have to take those opponents seriously, but you can certainly win those games. And then they play the Nuggets on Friday. While that's the second night of a back-to-back in you know, in Denver with the high altitude, that that almost seems like a schedule loss. But, you know, we've seen the Mavs compete very well against the Nuggets in recent years. So that's obviously a game that that you feel like you can win, too, if you're the Mavs. So, um, you know, I, I think we're just looking to see them, you know, come out of these games with some growth on offense, continue the defense that they've been playing the last two games, and honestly, hopefully develop a more consistent rotation because a lot was made um, on Saturday night about Reggie Bullock not getting 
more than, uh, you know, 17 minutes in these last two games. And it was surprising considering he's their, you know, their biggest offseason acquisition this year. But he hasn't really been playing much. Of course, he missed most of the preseason with some personal issues. So maybe they're trying to work him into the lineup right now. But, um, you know, Jason Kidd had a, a pretty interesting answer about that where he kind of got got a little irritated that someone asked him why Reggie Bullock only played 17 minutes on uh, on Saturday. And then you have Sterling Brown, who's only played, I think, 10 minutes in each of these last two games. And I was really excited for Sterling Brown, but man, you got to hit those open shots when you get them. Like, I think I've seen Sterling clank like two wide open corner threes and that just cannot happen if you're trying to get more minutes in the rotation. I think a lot of, a lot of this is just consistency. Uh, there's still a lot to be worked out in terms of the rotations as you're talking about. So because of that, a lot of guys don't know what passes they're getting from what guys in what sense, right? So there's just a lot of comfort that uh, especially guys like Sterling Brown, who typically when they're going to shoot those corner threes, it's, they're being set up for it. So it, it's they'll get better at, at it as the season goes on. I just hope that the rotations are consistent. Um, and like you said, Reggie Bullock should probably get like 20 minutes of playing time, right? Uh, yeah. But hopefully we will see these things even out as the season goes on. Yeah, definitely. And I think one other thing to look at with the bench unit is the use of Willie Cauley-Stein. He got a pretty healthy you know, dose of minutes in the Atlanta game as well as in the first half of the Raptors game. But he, I don't think he played in the second half of the Raptors game. So I, maybe maybe the Mavs figured out that that he may not be the answer there. I, you know, I don't particularly care for Willie Cauley-Stein that much. I think he has some good moments here and there, but he should not be playing more than like 10 minutes a game, if that. I think kid relies on him a little bit too much right now from what we've seen in the preseason and regular season but i don't really think he should be commanding the kind of minutes that he has been recently well he only played about three minutes in the raptors game but he did play around 13 in the game yeah so i get that the last thing i'll say on the rotation is it's clear from the raptors game that the coaching staff has shortened that rotation. It's going to be interesting to see whether they keep that shortened um, or whether they maybe give Josh Green some minutes. Uh, obviously, a lot of this also depends on health and matchups. Mm-hmm. But Frank is also somebody who I would like to see get some minutes eventually. I do too. I think he will get some minutes eventually once some of these uh, rotational quirks get sorted out. But I, I think we can see some Frank minutes, at least situationally, to start. Um, and to explain yeah. probably why, uh, first off, Mark Cuban was on our podcast. What the hell? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. If you haven't listened to that, go listen to it now. <laughs> episode 34, right? Go listen to yeah. that right now. It's pretty quick, 15 minutes. Uh, one of the things that he did bring up is when we were talking about needing a secondary playmaker. Um, and he, he said that he <laughs> does not think that the team needs that anymore. And the whole reason why I understand that is because you have Frank, you have Josh Green, you have enough uh passers on the team that can also defend well that it fits your team philosophy so it's probably more important to stick with the defensive rotations that you have going right now yeah yeah i mean 
I, you know, on the note of that answer, like uh, it personally didn't make sense to me, but you know, I'm not going to disagree with Mark Cuban when, when he, <laughs> you know, took the time to come on our podcast, but um, I, I've talked to a few people after that. And, and, you know, I think we all kind of agree that it didn't really make sense because right before the off season, you know, Mark Cuban said that, oh yeah, we need another secondary scorer. Um, but then like <laughs> after the off season, he's like, oh no, it's all good. We got, we got Trey Burke and Frank Lakina. Like, nah, he, he knows, he knows, like he knows that they need that other secondary creator, but the reality is that they're not going to get it right now. So it's just about making do with what they have. None of these guys are the answer, but uh, there is a piecemeal solution that can be brought. Um, and we've seen that succeed in the past in multiple teams around the league. Um, however, I don't think it's necessarily smart to rely on it, but we'll see how things progress as we get closer to the trade deadline. Um, and knock on wood, health permitting, uh, this looks like it, if, if the Mavs are able to, as they on paper seem to, uh, be able to win that state rivalry this season, then even if they lose the Nuggets game, which may be probable, especially if KP, for example, is not able to play that back-to-back, mm-hmm. at least they're only 3-2. Yeah, if you can go two to one or two and one this week, I think that's all you can really ask for. But obviously, beating a good team like the Nuggets gives you a supreme confidence. So we'll see. But they definitely need a win. Yeah, one game at a time or two games at a time, rather, because I even for for, you know, record reasons aside, like you got to beat the Rockets and Spurs like you can't lose to them. That's just uh, not a good look. Yeah, those losses will sting way more than losing to the Hawks. I'll be real. Yeah. um, Either of them, actually, this year. And they're not bad teams by any stretch, but losing to those teams with a healthy roster? Especially this early in the season, you know? There's a lot more problems that creep up as the year goes on, like injuries and things like that. But right now, I don't think you have many excuses, especially when you have Luka on the roster. So... Knock on wood, we get at least two wins this week. And knock on wood, we get at least 200 Bob Volgaris tweets during the games. <laughs> uh, quickly quickly becoming the best part about uh, games, especially during losses, is the NBA Twitter shenanigans, specifically the Mavs Twitter shenanigans. Mavs Twitter has been a lot better this year. <laughs> I don't know about that. It's been <laughs> to, to be fair. To be fair, I've muted every single one of the anti-vaxxers. And oh yeah. Speaking of which, um, I might have to buy one of you guys a Trey Burke jersey if he's on the roster <laughs> by January first, which is looking increasingly likely by the day. Well, uh, I'm very, 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 very glad that I did not make that investment because. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I really thought that he was going to be the odd one out, especially after all the stuff about Cuban being like, I require all my employees to be vaccinated. But then, you know, as we at Mavs Film Room often do, Cuban dropped a bomb on our podcast saying that he unfortunately can't govern that policy for players as they're, they fall under the NBA collective bargaining agreement. So 
I, from that podcast, from that answer and a few others, it became pretty clear that Trey Burke was going to make the roster. And as a man of my word, I'm not going to go back on that one. So if you do not believe in the vaccine, cross your fingers for multiple reasons, but in this case, for a Trey Burke jersey. No comment. <laughs> but yeah, you know, um, that's really all I got, um, you know, for, for these first two games. It's been interesting to say the least, but I'm happy that we're coming off a win and I'm looking forward to getting another one on Tuesday. I really hope that the Mavs are able to rattle off these two in-state rivalry wins. But uh, I also, a little more, am hoping that the Cyclone does not really devastate LA tomorrow. Um, so we'll see. Back on wood. It's been a lot of knocking on wood lately. <laughs> yep, a lot of knocking on wood. And I don't think that's going to stop anytime soon. But yeah, Rowan, thanks for joining me on this podcast. This was fun. It was nice to rekindle the old days of the OG Mass Film Room. And let's, uh, let's do this again more regularly. No guarantees, but I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, best of luck with the, with the Cyclone. Hope nothing too crazy happens. But I know, much like in Texas when it snows, everyone goes crazy. In California, when it rains, everyone loses their minds. So... Um, yeah. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, that's all we got for this episode. As always, be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, wherever you stream your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Mavs Film Room. We recently hit 3,000 followers. So thanks everyone for that. That's, that's an amazing accomplishment for us. It wouldn't have been possible without you. We're on Instagram now, so follow us on Instagram, also at Mavs Film Room. It's going to be a fun season. I hope so. <laughs> All right, take care, guys.